standing for our scripture. It comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36 through 39. You need to endure so that you can receive the promises after you do God's will. In a little while longer, the one who is coming will come and won't delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and my, my whole being won't be pleased with anyone who shrinks back. But we aren't the sort of people who timidly draw back and end up being destroyed. We're the sort of people who have faith so that our whole beings are, pers- are preserved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. This morning we're going to be uh, continuing our sermon series where we're looking at what it means for us to refuel or focus on how we are refilling and refueling our internal uh, fuel tanks or reserves as we've come out of the last two years, although it certainly is difficult. Um, the quick walkthrough over the past four weeks, we've kind of been uh, looking how we might offer different ways or act or think different ways in each and every day to uh, grow closer to God and to focus on God so that we might receive that, that restoration and renewal that we, comes, that we know comes from God and through Jesus Christ and through the power of God's Spirit. And so some of the things we've looked at is, is just asking or thinking about ways that we might set time aside each day to be in the presence of God. We've also looked at how we might draw strength from God that is available to us, but we have to remember that it's something that God offers us if we ask for it. And we've been reminded that God has also chosen to use us as his temple, meaning that uh, as different from the Old Testament where God always dwelt in the tabernacle or then later in Jerusalem when he built, the temple was built, God has chosen to abide now through the sending of his son Jesus and through the sending of the Holy Spirit to reside in you and I, meaning whenever people come in contact with us and we're living and walking according by faith, then people are also encountering God who lives and works through us, which is a good thing, and it's also a little bit of a humbling thing if you think about it. And then last week, we finally, um, we kind of took some time to, to ask, what am I placing my focus on? To ask the question, how am I devoting my time and my energy each day, and what am I putting it towards instead of putting it towards Jesus Christ? And so we ended our time by might asking how we might add um, to our day in a way that, that we could at least be intentional, where we're focusing our energy on what God is doing for us. So see, as I've thought about all of these things, and as I've thought about them, uh, you know, kind of bringing them together in, in this week's sermon and then next week's sermon, I think the first thing we need to recognize and realize is that none of these things happen by accident. So really what I'm saying is that growing in your faith or, or offering yourself to be the temple where Christ chooses to abide or even to dwell or even for us to sit in the presence of God, even for a short period each day, none of those things happen by accident. And so for each of these things to occur, we have to be focused. We have to be intentional. We have to be intentional in making sure that they happen, that we set this time aside each day that they happen. Or if we're not setting this time aside and, and we're focusing on God going through our day, we at least have to make the, the cognizant choice that that's going to be something that we are doing and how that we are doing it and, and how we are offering prayer as we go through whatever we happen to be going through at that time. Because our spiritual growth doesn't happen by accident. Our spiritual growth doesn't occur by us just having a Bible in our home or by us just listening to the Christian radio station. 
See, friends, growth happens when you and I put the effort in to make it happen and to do the things that make it, um, to, that, that produce fruit. It happens when we're focused. And it happens when we're focused on reading God's word, when we're focused on sitting in God's presence, when we're focused on serving others, and when we're focused on worshiping with him. It even happens when you and I are focused in being a part and committed to being a part of a church community. Because it doesn't happen by accident. Now, it, hap- it could happen by accident or coincidence when someone you know, encounters God or Jesus for the first time and, and feels a warming in their heart and feels they're, they're you know, being drawn towards something that, that's bigger and greater than them. But I'm saying for us to have growth, it's not just something that happens when you and I are, are just going through our day without a thought of God at all in our mind. And then you know, we expect to grow in that way. It's kind of like going to the gym, right? If I drive by the gym on Yano Estacado once a day, it's not going to do anything for me except burn some gas in my truck, right? But see, for us to talk about growth, growth can happen when things are good. Growth can happen if we're focused on God and and when our, our life seems to be going well. There are times in our lives, and I'm sure many of you have felt this time, I know that I've certainly felt this time in my life, that, that growth was easy, or at least I felt it was easy, and I really hope looking back that I was growing. But you know, there are times when, when life just seems to be cruising. And so, you know, when it comes to praying, praying comes easy. When it comes to worshiping, you know, it's easy for you to engage in worship and, and engage God with your heart. It, uh, when it comes to study, you know, it's just easy. You read God's word and you feel like the Spirit's just opening your eyes or, or you're speaking and fellowshipping with others and you feel like, like they're offering you words that God himself has put on their tongue to come straight to your ears. See, there are times that, that spiritual growth seems to happen really easily, even if, if we're intentionally focusing on it. But it's just something that, that at the time, whatever it is, the cycle of our life or just where we're at or just what's going on, that, that things just move, and they move in a good way. But see, I also want to say, and I think it's according to our scripture this morning, that, that our spiritual growth, if we're focused on it, can also happen when we feel we're away from God or when we feel like, like we're in a place that, that really things aren't going that great or, or as the psalmist would say, we're in the depth. Because see, I think there's something that we have to remember in, in today, and, and at least from what we can take from this message, that God doesn't offer a spiritual growth and God doesn't provide for us spiritual growth only at times when things are going great and I think we should all remember that because I think it's easy for us to when things are going great everything's just falling into place and then when things start to not fall into place or they kind of start getting knocked around then sometimes it's easy for us to get discouraged and think oh well you know God's not with me right now and that's the furthest thing that I could tell you from the truth Because our spiritual growth doesn't just occur when things are going wonderfully. You can grow when things are going great, and you can grow when things are not going great. God meets you, and God meets me in every one of those places and everywhere in between. And if we are focused on God, we can still experience that growth no matter where we're at in that range. I think sometimes it's easy for us to think that growth only occurs when things are going good. I think it's easy for us to look at others 
And to think, man, they have it all together. They must be growing in their faith right now like crazy. See, friends, that's the enemy at work. In planting those seeds of doubt and in planting those, those, um, those just little seeds in your mind that get you thinking that your faith is insufficient or that your faith is not being practiced correctly. And we know that that isn't the case. We know that the only person we can compare ourselves to when it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ and a practicer of the Christian faith, the only people we can compare ourselves to is Jesus. And then you and I can compare ourselves to ourselves. I can't compare myself to anyone else and to look at what they're doing and to look at how they're living their faith and think that everything that's happening in their life is going to align perfectly with my life in the way that they're growing and in the way that they're choosing to pursue God. So you can look at the people around you and think they have it together, but you can look at them and say, I think God's working in their life and they're blessed for that, but you don't have to compare yourself to them. And that's a blessing, isn't it? For us to be able to say and to realize that, that the only per- people that we can compare ourselves to are ourselves when it comes to our Christian walk. You know, it makes me think, um, every once in a while on Facebook, um, I see, you know, different coaches' um, encouragements, you know, for coaches. And, and one of the ones that I read this last week said, uh, for, tell your players the only people that they can compare themselves to are themselves. Meaning if they're going to work at the highest level, if they're going to pursue being the best, the only people that they can compare themselves to is who they were yesterday and who they were the day before that. Because when it all comes down to it, the only person that I am responsible for and responsible to for my spiritual walk is me. And then God. It's, I mean, it's God first, but then it's me. You know, you get what I'm saying? It's me. And any time those seeds of doubt are planted in our mind, that's the enemy getting to work. And that's the enemy get causing us to step back in our faith and to think that, that we're insufficient or we're not doing right or, or we're not doing enough. Now, we may look at ourselves and say, from where I am today and where I need to be, I'm not doing enough. But that's God leading us into that, isn't it? It's not the enemy causing to look at you, brother and sister in faith, and to say, golly, they've got it all together. Because my guess is if you really asked whoever it is that you're looking at and saying, how, how is it? They'd say, well, my faith's a struggle. I'm growing in faith, but I depend on the grace of God in the same way that we all do. Because the Bible gives us examples that spiritual growth doesn't just happen when everything's just going great. In Psalm 130, it says, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And then it says, I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. So what the psalmist is saying is they're saying that we can cry out to God from the depths and from the pit. We can cry out to God when things don't seem to be going well. And this isn't the only psalm that, you know, that says this. There are numerous psalms where, where the psalmist, whether that's David or someone else, is in a place that they realize they need God, and so they call out to God, and they are focused on God even as they are experiencing their trials even as they feel like their tanks are empty, even as they realize that they need to be refilled and refueled, they call out to God. And they listen to God, and they watch attentively for what God is doing and for what God is going to do. 
See, these words are active words. The psalmist doesn't talk about a passive discovery or growth in faith. The psalmist doesn't talk about a passive discovery of God at work in their lives. They're not passively waiting, hoping that God's just going to show up or, or see their plight. See, all of the words that we read in the scriptures where people call out to God are active words. Where they're actively watching, they're actively waiting, they're actively crying out. And then in this story, it's, they're active like a watchman who's, who's focused, who's looking, who's pursuing, who's trying to see. You know, a, a watchman. We don't really have watchmen quite like they used to have in ancient times. I mean, you drive by the, a prison or, or something, you'll see watchmen. But other than that, we don't. You know, but these are people that are supposed to be actively watching, actively searching, actively looking for an enemy. And I think it's a great example because it applies for us today, but it also applies to ancient times, to biblical times. And it's a great example for us because I don't know about you, but can you all think of movies or times where you've seen the watchman has failed at his duty and the hero has either gotten into the enemy camp or the bad guys have come over the wall? No? Okay. The Dirty Dozen, right? Um... Oh, God, there was another one this morning I was thinking of. Darn it. Okay. But anyway, okay, so often it is when the watchman is not being attentive is that either the enemy gets over the wall or the hero who's trying to to rescue or do whatever makes it in. It's because someone's distracted. It's because the watchman's distracted. You know, in modern times, they're watching television or they're dozing off. Or they're distracted because they're looking at what's happening over the walls behind them and they're not focused behind over here and trying to see what they're really supposed to be seeing. Or whatever example you can think of from the movies or anything else. I love this image because for a watchman to be effective, they have to be looking out and searching and they have to be focused. And see, for us to be refueled and for us to be refilled, we have to be focused on God. We have to be focused on Christ. We have to be focused on what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. And like we looked at a couple of weeks ago, we have to couple that with our asking for strength. Strength that we know that is there whenever we cry out to God for it. Strength that is available to us whenever we ask God to give it to us. Strength that is available for for all of us that choose to follow Him and for all of us who have received His grace and His forgiveness. But we have to remember, and it helps when we're focused on Jesus, that this is not something that we can manufacture on our own. You can't come up with the strength of God on your own no matter how many times the world tells you you're a God yourself. You can't tell, come up with, with the strength of, that, that Christ gives you and that the Holy Spirit fills you with by just going through the motions each day or doing whatever you can to, to try to will yourself through it. Because if we're focused on Jesus, we're focused on realizing and acknowledging that we need the strength of God in our life. And that means that we're submitting to God in faith and we're submitting to God in humility. And like in our scripture today, where it says you need to persevere so that you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming and will not delay 
And but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. All right, so what Hebrews, the author, is saying is that we have to persevere. We have to persevere to find God and His presence in our lives. We have to focus on what He is doing and how He is doing it. We have to go just beyond, we have to go beyond just looking for God and the surface interaction of what we're doing. This means we have to focus on God in our depths, in our souls, in the place where we know that Jesus Christ resides within us, and that's how we can receive the strength of God. And that's how you and I will be refilled and refueled and overflowed, which really isn't a word, with the grace of God in our life. But see, friends, for us to do that, we have to stop carrying the burdens on our own. We have to give them to God. We have to release everything to God, whether that's our hurts or whether it's our joys, whether it's our pains or whether it's our celebrations. Because whatever it is that you and I are clinging to belongs to Him. And whatever we cling to and we release to Him, He will take upon His shoulders and He will free us from carrying it. In 1 Peter 5, it says, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. See, for us to be refilled with the grace and with the power and with the might of God Himself, we have to cast ourselves upon Him. Our anxieties and our joys are everything else in between. And in doing that, we love Him. We cast our cares and we let go. And we surrender control and we focus on Him. Because we know that our growth doesn't happen by accident. But growth in our spiritual walk happens when we pursue God and when we pursue faith. And when we draw upon the depth of grace that he has given to each of us who through his son Jesus Christ. Amen.